Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Man, if I was a young adult, I would be part of this ministry right here. I love pizza. It just has a whole different effect on me now than it did when I was a young adult. It has, like, lasting impact. Proud of what's going on with the young adults and so many ministries of the church. It's exciting. And uh, if you've yet to connect, do so. Start today. You can just go with them and have a great time. Rolls right into the week where you'll connect and incredible things are happening. Matter of fact, I've been here four years and, and it is just a special season right now in the life of this church. And there are signs of that in every ministry and this is one. And let's just put our hands together and praise God. It is a new season. I'm excited about it. Glad that all of you are a part of it. Well, the, the vision starts today and uh, Kelly and I kind of were... were humored by the weather last night because something like that always happens when I cast vision. You, you can just mark it down. I'm going to preach vision next week, expect snow. I'm going to come back with it on Super Bowl Sunday, expect snow. I love snow. Just, just come anyway. We're going to have church. Doors will be open and uh, we'll just melt the snow with some passionate worship to the Lord. Amen. I'm excited to talk with you today about the vision. It does start today, continues next week, and then on Super Bowl Sunday the 3rd, we will complete all that we want to talk about as we start a five-year journey. The vision is captured in one word. It is one life-changing word, and it's the word stronger. I want you to say that with me. You ready? Stronger. I want you to be Stronger. I want us as a church to be characterized by strength. If I start with the end in mind, and I put myself at that celebration that we are going to have in five years, culminating the 100th year anniversary of this church, my vision is that I would look across and see person after person, family after family, that have never been stronger. Characterized by strength, that the next five years would be the best so far. How many of you want that to happen? So, so we engage our hearts. We say yes to this. We figure it out. Because there's got to be like a ministry of the Holy Spirit that just comes as empowerment. And then it has to be more than an event. It has to be a process. One of the prayers that I have for us comes from Ezekiel. And he was talking to his people as they would come for worship. He says, when you come for worship, if you enter by the north gate, you have to leave by the south gate. If you enter by the south gate, you have to leave by the north gate. Nobody could leave the way they came. And I take that and apply it to this atmosphere spiritually that you will not leave the way you came. That you will come and meet with God as a church family. And yet, though we're here together, there's still a personal power of God that ministers to you. And you can leave and say, you know, life is just better after going to church. Because God is working in strength to encourage us and to help us. So I I have that prayer. I am going to give myself in every way to help you and us become stronger. Over five years, five key areas. And here they are. Faith, family, finance. Fitness, and I'm going to use the word future, but it speaks of our vocation. A sense of direction vocationally. 
Now, all of these things and plans and, that will unfold in the weeks to come, they have to be anchored and rise from God's word. What's the promise of the Lord? What is the word of God to us? And it's in Deuteronomy, I want you to find it, 33, verse 25, and I'll also put it on the screen. Here it is. As are your days, so shall your strength be. I want you to say that, and why don't you just make a note of it somewhere so that you can see it until it's, it's just easy to recite so that you can say it to yourself and you can say it in prayer. You can say it in the face of whatever a day holds. Let's say it out loud together. As are your days, so shall your strength be. I love a quote by Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers of all time. He says, God has issued no more notes for the bank of heaven than he can cash in an hour, if he wills. There's enough bullion in the vaults of omnipotence. Now that's a line right there. There's enough bullion in the vaults of omnipotence to pay off every bill that ever shall be drawn by the faith of man in the promises of God. God is good with his promise. What is our promise? Here it is. As are your days, so shall your strength be. The Bible is teaching us through this word that for every day that you've been granted to live, you have also been given the strength to live it. It's why God said to Joshua, be strong. Paul said to the Ephesians, be strong in the Lord. Caleb, when he was 80, says, I'm as strong as I've ever been. I was strong when I felt the presence and call of God, even 40 years ago. And the strength hasn't diminished. How could that be his testimony? Because his strength that came from God was equal to his days. As are your days, so shall your strength be. I have this strong impact on my heart of what I want you to to be characterized by, and it's strength. Just write this down somewhere. Characterized by strength. Is your walk with Jesus characterized by strength? Is that the way you would characterize your key relationships, your finances, your fitness, your sense of vocational direction and satisfaction, or is there some weakness? As are your days, so shall your strength be, meaning that this strength is equal to the day, and as you study it, it means a strength that is allocated. Before this day started, God had set in motion the strength that would be necessary. So it's allocated strength, and it's adaptable. Some days are filled with disappointment and even grief. However, some days are full of great success. This strength is allocated, and it adapts to the challenges of the day. Isn't God amazing? That in advance, he's numbered your days and with each one, he set in place a deposit of strength that is equal to and adapts to the needs of every day. What a mighty God we serve. We must engage him. We must know him. This strength in Hebrew, it's a deep inner Tenacity. 
Maybe there's been something weak or fragile. Maybe you've been running on empty in some key area of your life. Maybe you're even sitting here today wondering how you're going to make it. It's that weak. I want to tell you there's strength for you. And I know it because the word of God says it. This is how Paul could write so much of scripture while he was in physical pain and even in prison. Because he had this strength that was coming from God. It has to be the secret to the early Christians who when they were taken to be fed to the lions in the Roman Colosseum, they would be heard singing and praising God. How do you do that apart from a supernatural portion of strength equal to that kind of a challenge? See, there is strength that's a result of a good plan and working the plan. For if you sow seeds of strength, you'll reap a harvest of strength. If you exercise your faith, your faith gets stronger. If you have, let's talk finance for a moment, if you have a certain budget that is sound and it leads to strength, you will walk into that strength. You work a process that yields strength. But there's something in addition to that. And it's where I want to start today. It's best seen when you hear Gideon in his encounter with God say that he's weak. He says that back to God when God says, you're a mighty man of valor and I want you to go in your strength. And Gideon says, no, I'm not mighty. I'm weak. Matter of fact, I'm the weakest of my family and my family is the weakest of all families of our tribe, which is the weakest of all tribes. I mean, he's really experiencing Some weakness. There was nothing about his context that had a measurable strength. It was all defeat. It was all weakness. It had been a season of struggle. The result was weakness, fear, disappointment, doubt. You name it. He was on the downside. And yet God says, go in your strength. So what I want to talk about today is how this this strength that's also part of a process is also found in an encounter with God. The way you leave differently than you came is because you experience God and when you really experience God there will be a deposit of strength that then energizes you to work a right plan to observe certain steps, a critical path that you must be on in order to realize the full impact the kind of strength God wants you to know. You see, for Gideon, he realized that God had created him. And with those days, God had made an allocation. And it would adapt to the need of the day. And when Gideon encountered God, he then walked in a strength that allowed him to do amazing things. It's the same for you and me. So I guess the big question, how do you experience that strength? Yes, we get the idea of a process, and we'll talk about specifically what the process looks like. But today, how do you engage this allotment of strength? Because it's quite possible 
to spend a day in weakness when God says it could have been one of strength. I've had a lot of days that I missed what was allocated. I missed what was already provided. How do we accept and receive the allotment of strength? If in this day, on this this second Sunday of January, God has ordained this day, He's given us this day, and the Bible says with this day, there is a measurable strength we can know. How do I engage it? That's the question. And as I've been processing that in my own heart, here's what I feel to say to us. If we're going to experience the strength of God, we have to put the awe back into awesome. When it comes to God and speaking of God, thinking about God, we've got to recover this sense of awe. There's a certain name, I don't know which one it would be, a certain person, that if I said their name in your presence, you just brighten up. They have that kind of influence. Awe means to be overwhelmed. Let me put up the definition for you. An overwhelming feeling of wonder or admiration. What the Lord is calling our church to is our concept of God to produce a feeling of wonder. The message paraphrase says wide-eyed wonder. Like where you're amazed. And you are overwhelmed with like this feeling of admiration. So that when you articulate worship in words like I'm going to lift my hands. Or I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to shout for joy at the mention of your name. That kind of emotion has to come because you really are in awe of God. That you believe He's an awesome God. We all know that we use the word awesome for a lot of things. Pizza is awesome. See, in this culture, we can just use that word so often and we get maybe so in a routine that when we say God is awesome, we aren't overwhelmed. Maybe we take some things for granted or just need to be reminded in a fresh way of the goodness of God and the greatness of God until we make sure that when we speak of God, there's no equal, there's not even a close second. He is the God of gods. And there's just a different level of impact. Even, listen, at the mention of his name. Come on, let's be the kind of church that when we speak the name Jesus, we're overwhelmed because we haven't forgotten what he's done for us. We haven't forgotten the cross and we haven't forgotten yesterday. We haven't forgotten the fact that we wouldn't even be breathing now unless God ordained life. I praise him today because he's worthy to be praised. I'm overwhelmed at the mention of his name because he's done amazing things. Amen. How do we recover this awe in this awesomeness of God? When we reflect on the activity of God, we're reminded of the awesomeness of God. You have to recall the goodness of God in your life, the faithfulness of God. Where God met you, helped you, strengthened you. Where you look back and say, I would not have made it, but for God bringing me through. 
Some of you, even in 2012, had to walk some low valleys. But you're here today because you had a valley walker, the shepherd of your soul, the great shepherd who has provided for you and he's worthy to be praised. It hasn't been easy and it hasn't been quick, but God is faithful and he's bringing you through. So you begin to reconnect with the activity of God in your life and it reminds you just how awesome he is. Peter had finished fishing. He had put his net up. He had docked the boat. Jesus was about to teach a big crowd and he thought, you know, if I could use this boat, it would create a a better platform of which to communicate. So he says to Peter, could I borrow your boat? Could you take me out and let me set up in such a way that I could have a greater line of sight with everybody? So Jesus gets into Peter's boat and Peter takes him out on the sea and he gets him right in the place and Jesus preaches the gospel and after the sermon was over and I guess everybody had gone to to Red's um, then Jesus says to Peter he says let's go out in the deep take your net back out and catch some fish and Peter says Jesus you know I fish all the time I'm a professional fisherman and you don't fish during the day and you don't fish in the deep so it goes against everything that, that I would do but because you said I'll do it. He got out the net. This wasn't like getting your fishing pole back out. This was a major job of getting out the commercial fishing net. And he did. And he threw it into the water. And the Bible says that he caught so many fish that the net almost broke. And when he got all those fish, or so many of them into his boat, that his boat started to sink. Now imagine this. Imagine what's going on in his mind. He has so many fish that he calls for his partners and they bring their boats. And there's now so many fish in their boats that their boats also start to sink. This is all documented in Luke 5. Luke, who was a doctor who gave us a careful account of Jesus' life. It's right there in Luke 5. And the other boats started to sink. And so, bottom line, Peter says to Jesus, like, I've, I've never seen anything like this. He's amazed. Here's my question. Why did Jesus do that? He didn't do it, we know, just so Peter could say, wow, I need to get a contract with this guy. This is the kind of guy you would want as part of your business. Like business just like went to a whole like astronomical growth level. And so we need to get him, like even make him part owner, like we'll work him in for, I think 10% would be you know, a good starting place. But Jesus didn't do that. So that Peter would invite Jesus into his world. Because if you look at Luke 5. Peter humbles himself in total astonishment. The Bible says. At the awesomeness of God. And Jesus says. Follow me. And if you study his life. He goes on to walk on water. Preach on the day of Pentecost. Be used in Acts 3 for a miracle. A lame man who had not walked since birth, he's now 40, he gets healed, he's walking, running, praising God. That puts him before the Supreme Court in Acts 4, and he is able to share the gospel with the the power structure of the culture, has a major influence. It's like the 
the activity of God reminded him of the awesomeness of God, it altered his faith life until he does things that no one had ever done before. When you reflect on the activity of God, it reminds you of the awesomeness of God until you say, this is so amazing, I've got to ask, why'd you do it? And when you process that question, you're about to move into a level of strength that you've not had before. I don't know your story, you do. You know what Jesus has done for you in recent months, in the past year. I can talk to you about us as a church family. Let me just testify, and you can get excited about this because in celebration there's joy, and joy produces strength. So celebrate these things. But in the month of December, the Sundays of December, we had incredible impact. Stories continue to come in of people whose lives were impacted by the different questions that were asked on those consecutive Sundays out of Christmas truth. And it was a set of Sundays where we recorded the greatest, highest attendance consistently in the history of the church. Hallelujah. That's really amazing. I mean, it could be the opposite. <laughs> it could be like, God, we need to be stronger because like, it's like really flat. I've been there. Like the preacher who said, this church I'm pastoring, it's dying a lot slower than the others I've pastored. <laughs> you may have attended one of those churches. It's amazing. When you look at what happened in 2012 through the ministry to this community and the world, we call it our global local initiative. It was just a few years ago that we put it in that kind of frame. The church had always done missions, always done local outreach, but we just wanted to frame it up in a way that we could start remembering GL. We attached it to the year. When we started that, we were giving about $300,000 to the missions effort of the church. Last year, in, in the economy that we had, over $800,000 given. That's amazing. It really is amazing. It's, it's staggering. Educational projects were accomplished. Medical missions, construction projects, supportive missionaries. So many of those things happen right here in this community, continue to happen. Even yesterday, our car clinic was helping people. I mean, it's a, how do you do that? You honor God with resources, but it's resources that God gave you so you could honor Him. Why would we see amazing things? It's just incredible. It's astounding. The month of December was the greatest month of giving that we have ever seen in the history of the church. It, it, it was crazy. I mean, that you just stood back in amazement. So when we came into last week, number one, greatest attendance that we've ever recorded on a what we call a normal Sunday. The impact of Bob Goff. How many of you enjoyed Bob Goff? Just over the top. And last Sunday, after recording the greatest month of giving we've ever had, last week was the greatest, I mean, well, like hardly anything said about the offering. It was the greatest Sunday of giving ever. Ever. After December. Now, 
Why? People's lives being impacted. All of these young adults went th- Thursday night. You had like the greatest attendance you've had so far. Why are we seeing this stuff? Why are the nets breaking? Why are the boats sinking? So we can invite Jesus in to our plan and set up a a contract for 10% return? Or so that he can invite us into his world with a vision so awesome that we can only believe it and achieve it when we reflect on present activity that causes us like Peter to say, God, I can't believe this. He does the amazing to alter your faith to believe for the awesome. And when you put awe back into awesome, because after that encounter in Luke 5, Peter didn't talk about fish, he talked about Jesus. And attendances and finances And ministries, all of these things are awesome that point to a person. And today we don't start with plans and projects. We start with a person. His name is Jesus. He is the greatest of the great. His name is above every name. He gives us grace, forgives our sins, heals our sicknesses, delivers us from all kinds of bondages and addictions. He makes life work. He makes us strong. Now let the weak say, I am strong. Come on, let's praise our strong, awesome God. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. See, when we we reflect, when Bob Goff was about to leave, he said, you know, Ron, there's something awesome happening at the assembly. And he said, people have a heart for God, and God's awesome. And and so the result of that is, is a certain kind of church culture and momentum. He said, so just be awesome. He said, everybody tries to craft a a carefully presented mission statement. And he said, it's usually a a sentence and it's not too long. And it's something that's memorable. He said, here's one, just be awesome. Be awesome. God's awesome, so be awesome. Put all back into awesome. Put all back into awesome. And it's not because the nets are breaking. It's because of Jesus. And when we encounter God through worship, when we encounter God through reflecting on His activity in our lives, we are strengthened. John in Revelation says we overcome. It means to be strengthened by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and the word of our testimony, the activity of Jesus. So when you talk about Jesus, when you worship Jesus, when you're overwhelmed at the mention of His name, You're going to walk in a deposit of strength that is allocated and adaptable so that this day, no matter what it holds, is a day where you will make it, where you will overcome. Because as are your days, so shall your strength be.
And I love you guys, and I'm excited about what God is going to do. And when you have plans, you want to just roll them out. But if you roll out the plans and you miss the person, and you get attached to a plan and not a passion for the presence, then you can have plans apart from the presence. You can have dreams apart from the presence, and it'll become a daydream. The way we accomplish what God is calling us to do, and it's, it's substantial, is because we really believe He's awesome. And anybody who believes that, their eye hasn't even seen. Their ear hasn't even heard. It's not even entered into our minds the things that God has in store and that God can do. When, when Peter says, Lord, at your word, and he puts the nets back out, he has no idea that that's going to be a faith-altering experience that would lead to things like when he stepped out of the boat. Can you imagine? And walks on the water. When he stands up on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people get saved. When he reaches down, the Bible says, and lifted up the lame man. He wasn't healed and then Peter helped him get up. The miracle happened while he was lifting him. No one had to teach him to walk. He starts walking and running and praising God. And then that gets Peter in all kinds of trouble in the natural. But, but in the vision that Peter had, it was a setup to tell the government they needed Jesus. Church, last year was amazing. 95 years of church life. It's been amazing. Why? Because he wants to lead us to the awesome. What is the bridge from average to awesome, from amazing to the awesome? You've got to get stronger. Plans, but first and foremost, experience the person. 